this evening. Okay, Luke 6, uh, verse 43. Just going to read you um, 43 to 45, three verses. It says this. A good tree can't produce bad fruit, and a bad tree can't produce good fruit. A tree is identified by its fruit. Figs are never never gathered from thorn bushes, and grapes are not picked from bramble bushes. A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart, and an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. What you say flows from what is in your heart. Um, It is true, isn't it, when we are trying to make an impression on someone, we can uh, come over in uh, an oh-ever-so-nice way. Um, At a job interview, you can present really well, can't you? Uh, Perhaps when you're going out on your first date, you can present really well, can't you? Um, There are different times in which we can present well, but that doesn't necessarily mean our hearts are good. Uh, The age-old saying, I think it's a great saying, that Christians are like tea bags. They look very innocent, but when you put them in hot water, you see what's truly inside them, because it all comes out. And I think think that that is true. I think that, that actually it's when we're under pressure when things aren't necessarily going the way we would like it to go, when things are stressful at work, when things aren't going as we hoped, when uh, life treats you badly, then we can respond in the wrong way. But actually how we respond is actually a reflection of what's inside. How we respond is actually what's inside our heart. And Jesus says, good fruit only comes from from a good tree. It's all to do with our inside, the motivations of our hearts. Um, Luke, when writing this gospel, has a particular leaning. Um, Mark's gospel has a leaning of evangelism. It's written to a scattered community, Christians under persecution. So they're going through a really tough time, and um, uh, Mark records Peter's talks, writes them down, and Uh, sends them out, lots of copies of them, sends them out with the Christians that are being persecuted so that when they go, they've got the teaching of Jesus with them. Luke is written by Theophilus, uh, written by Luke for Theophilus. Uh, Theophilus is a believer and it's written um, uh, uh, to encourage him in his uh, walk with God. Uh, One of the main themes that comes out of this gospel is the centrality of of Jesus and God's plan to deliver humanity through him. Luke also emphasizes the work of the Spirit. So Luke brings out here, he says to Theophilus, in this place, this is what Jesus taught. Jesus teaches those of us who are believers, he says, get your hearts right. Get your hearts right. What's going on inside your heart? And Jesus, interestingly, starts with the fruit. But what he's describing, considering he's describing a tree, is he's describing the life process backwards. He says, if you look at the fruit, it'll tell you what the soil is like. It'll tell you what that tree is rooted in. It'll tell you what's feeding it. 
It'll tell you what's, uh, in the, uh, what's goodness about it. If you're a, a gardener, you'll understand this. Um, uh, if you're not a gardener, you s- let me inform you. Um, uh, but actually, the most important thing about gardening is that uh, we've got to start with good soil. A healthy plant only comes from good soil. So my little vegetable patch at home, I dig lots of compost into it every year. It's the only way to make good plants grow. It's the only way to ensure we get good, a good crop uh, in it. Um, don't just take my word for it. Here's how one of my gardening books puts it. A good soil is the gardener's key to success. It deserves your first consideration since it influences your plant's growth, health, and yield. Basically, the golden rule with gardening is if you treat the soil well, you'll get good, a good crop. Jesus says, I'm looking at the crop and I'm asking you to look at where your roots go down. What is it that in your life that you're feeding from? Where do your roots dig into? If we're, if we're digging into poor soil, we'll bear bad fruit. Fruit that doesn't bless anyone, but actually can make things worse. A good man, he says, brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. It's not exactly um, earth-shattering teaching, is it? But isn't it interesting how often we forget this? How often we Uh, can try to just live a good life. We can present well. We can try to do the right thing. We can try to get it right. But Jesus said it's not about the trying. It's actually about the foundation bed of your life. It's where where your life grows from. It's what's feeding you that's really uh, important. Um, as I reflected on this this week, I, I realized that even in my experience, you know, what, what, what motivates me to, to lead a good life? Well, it might be hearing a talk, it might be reading something, it might be listening to somebody, it might be having a good conversation. It'll be being spurred on to be a better person. Does anybody else feel that? When someone spurs me on, yeah, I can do that. And, and I think Jesus is saying here, it's got to be more foundational than that. It's got to be more about what is there all the time. What is it that that feeds your uh, body on a daily basis? Enthusiasm is great, but it doesn't really work in the long run. We've got to be deeply rooted in a knowledge and understanding of the way of Jesus. From that, we'll gain the wisdom and understanding of how to live a good life. From that will bear good fruit, not from just being enthusiastic. Um, when I was uh, uh, at school, I uh, played rugby and football. I was never very good with football. I could play the rugby. I played rugby till I was 30. I couldn't, I couldn't really get with the football. I kicked the ball and it go in different directions. You know, you kick it and it goes off over there and you think, well, how did that happen? Because I was looking over there. With a rugby ball, you can throw it. It makes sense, doesn't it? It just goes in the direction you throw it. It's easier to play. That's why I could, I could play. But when we, when we, when we got to, uh, people got to picking the team, 
even though I was really enthusiastic about playing, they'd always go, oh no, one of us has got to pick Mark. Because all my enthusiasm didn't mean I was a good footballer. Do you see? All our enthusiasm to live a good life doesn't mean we'll live a good life. What means we'll live a good life is if we feed ourselves properly. For me to be a good footballer, I would have had to go on to training and do other things other than just play, enjoying playing uh, the game. I think part of the problem is that we often misunderstand what Jesus means when he talks about fruit. We often equate fruit with good deeds. So, uh, you know, the fruit of my life, what's the fruit of my life? Well, I volunteer in the soup kitchen, or I, I've donated some money to this, or I've done this sort of thing. Uh, and those things are great. Jesus talks about the need to do that. James talks about it. He says, don't just show me your faith, show me your deeds, show me how your faith is being worked out. And they're really important things. But I actually think what Jesus is talking about here is character. He's saying, he's saying what is it in your heart? What is it that that shapes you? What is it that directs your life? Paul talks about it, doesn't he, in Galatians. He says, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. He says, this is the fruit we're to bear. In other words, do we live a life where this fruit is seen? That people look at our lives and go, that's the fruit of their life. Is this the fruit that we're cultivating? And if that's the fruit we want to cultivate, we need to ensure that our roots are going down into the right sort of soil. We need to ensure that we're feeding ourselves with the right sort of thing. Of course, if we feed ourselves with the wrong thing, uh, the wrong sort of stuff comes out. And Jesus says, you know, those with a uh, bad heart will bear, will bear, bear bad fruit. So the condition of the soil of your heart depends actually on what you're absorbing. All of us are like sponges. We absorb all sorts of things around us. I've had the pleasure this week of uh, uh, being in Ireland with uh, Abby, who just stood up here, and uh, Mim, Mim Pask, one of our young people. And uh, we've been in Ireland, and I've been watching them this week absorb the Irish accent. <laughs> Not very well, I should say. But I've been watching, I've already, she's, already, she's already condemned me to not being her friend for commenting on that before. But, but just, just they absorb, you absorb what's around you, don't you? You take it in. You take it in and, and you then begin to reflect it in your life, which means actually in our lives, we can absorb the wrong stuff. We can feed on the wrong stuff all the time. So, so where do our eyes go all the time? What feeds this thing, this brain that we have up here? What feeds this heart? What do our ears listen to? What do we sit up to and respond to? What, 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 are, what are the things that we think about? Paul says, think about whatever is holy and wonderful and noble and trustworthy. What is it that we think about? When you go away and you're daydreams. Anybody else here ever daydream? Okay, I'm a daydreamer, I daydream. Anybody else daydream? You think, what if? Anybody ever think, oh, I love it. 
What if? What if such and such and such? Wouldn't that be great? I wake up sometimes in the middle of the night and I can't go back to sleep. And I, I, then I'll, I'll pray for a bit and then I'll think, what, what if? And one of my little dreams, I, I, I love, this is far too personal, but I, I love, I, when I drive up the motorway, I look at little villages that's going on and I think of the stories in those villages. And I think in those villages there's going to be marriage breakdown and there's going to be unemployment and there's going to be perhaps child poverty and there's going to be stress and there's going to be all sorts of things. Debt, there's going to be all sorts of things. What would it be like if that whole village came to Christ? I walk up, I walk up from home up here to here. I walk up Green Avenue. And so just as I walk up often, I think, Lord, every household a Christian household. Wouldn't it be wonderful if every household became a Christian household? I walk up different, often different ways, praying that same prayer. Lord, every household, every household for you. It's one of my dreams. I think, wouldn't it, that would just change community, wouldn't it? That's where I go in my daydreams, often. Where do you go in your daydreams? Is it healthy? Do you, do, does your dreaming feed your heart in such a way that it produces good fruit? Because if it doesn't, then we're not laying good soil down. We're not putting the right sort of compost in. We're not allowing our lives to be cultivated in God's way. We can, of course, um, uh, cultivate our lives uh, in the right way. We can feed ourselves with good things. I think... One of the best ways in which to cultivate a good heart, in which to lay good soil, is to live a life of thankfulness. We have the opportunity to do that on a daily basis. Thank you, Lord, for the roof over my head. Thank you for carpet on the floor. Thank you for um, a job to go to or, or, or unemployment benefit or friends that support me or a heart that's, that, that says thank you all the time. Thank you that we've got food on the table. Thank you there's food in the, in the, in the pantry. You know, thank you that, that we can enjoy this. Thank you that, that we've got friends that we can meet with and mix with. A heart that is thankful will be a heart that is being fed by good things all the time. A, a thankful heart changes everything. Thankful that we've got a school to go to. Thankful that we've got teachers who can teach us. Thankful that, that we're able to, to live in, in a place where there's peace. A thankful heart where we count our blessings on a daily basis is a heart that uh, will be uh, blessed by God. Yet most of the time we take these things for granted. And we also have the opportunity to filter out the things that would harm our hearts. One of, one of the greatest themes that Jesus brings out in scripture and one of the of course, the greatest thing that he died for was that we would know forgiveness. If we, if we know forgiveness, oft, there's so many people walk around with unforgiveness in our hearts. We, we, we walk around, we hold stuff against other people. And as we hold stuff against other people, it just does us damage. It does us damage. I have a, I have a friend who uh, I've known for... Uh, 20 years now and I talk to this friend often and they say the same every time when we have the same conversation they say oh I could never forgive da 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 and, and the conversation is exactly the same and I always say and until you do 
you will never move on. And they don't know you haven't forgiven them. It's not affecting their life, but it is affecting yours. It's holding you back. It's stopping you becoming the person that God wants you to be. Jesus taught us to forgive because forgiveness is a way of, uh, unforgiveness is a way of keeping hurt in our heart, uh, allowing hurt and bitterness to reside within us. Forgiveness is really the most important filter for keeping evil out of our hearts. Forgiveness is like a guardian that watches over the gate of our hearts, refusing to allow envy and malice and greed and other destructive forces in. But in both thanksgiving and forgiveness, uh, they must be practiced. We must shape, uh, if we want our, our hearts to be shaped by God, we have to practice thanksgiving on a daily basis. If we want our hearts to be shaped by God, we have to practice forgiveness on a daily basis. Lord, forgive those. As you, uh, let me forgive those as you uh, forgive us. And then we, say, we begin to create a heart that um, uh, enables us to reflect our Savior and therefore bear good fruit. Another way in which we can feed our heart is by eating the good stuff. What do I mean by that? Eating the good stuff. I mean opening our Bibles daily. Allowing God's word in to shape us. Allowing this book to be the thing that directs us and and points us to uh, how we should live our lives and therefore reflect our Father. Um, uh, um, Jane Pavey and I had the, the privilege the other week of sitting with somebody as they were describing, new Christian, as they were describing their reading of the Bible. And she was just saying, it's like, I feel as I'm, I'm being fed by it. It's like eating the things of God. Those were her words. I thought it was a beautiful description. Describing what the Bible is doing. I'm feeding on this. That, you know, if, if we do that, that's good soil in our lives. And good soil in our lives, the things that feed us, will produce good fruit. Uh, secondly, a softness to the Holy Spirit. Uh, an openness to God. You know, uh, you probably, like me, you probably have people who are close to you who've yet to discover what it means to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. I have certain people that I pray for all the time. Um, one of my people I pray for uh, emailed me uh, two weeks ago and said, uh, uh, would really like to get together for lunch and I'm meeting him this Wednesday for lunch and um, I'm going to be fasting and praying till they get to lunch and then I won't be fasting anymore obviously because we're going to eat lunch but but there's a you know there's someone there's someone I really I really value and love he's a great guy and I value and love him I've known him all my life all my 34 years I've known him all my life that's just for the recording I've known him I've known him all my life they can't see me and 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 you know, my greatest desire, my greatest desire is that he would know the Lord. That he would, he would know the Lord in a, in a really special way. 
And, and, and for me to enable him to come to know the Lord means that I have to pursue the presence of God so that when I meet with him, I take into that meeting something of God with me. So that when I talk with him, Jesus comes through. Not me, but Jesus. That we reflect God in uh, who we are, a softness to the spirit. So Jesus says a good tree can't produce bad fruit. That is a really positive statement. If we work on our root structure, forget about the fruit. He said a good tree can't produce bad fruit. Therefore, if we work on what feeds our hearts, if we work on what shapes our lives, if, if we stop working on the fruit... You see, stop working on the effort to do the right thing. Stop working on the effort to, to, and the enthusiasm to be a good person. Instead of that, he says, work on the root structure. Work on that that feeds your soul. Work on that that feeds your life. Work on that that would shape your words. Work on that that would shape your heart. And if we do that, he says, a good tree, if we focus on working at being a good tree, will produce good fruit. But he said, and he says, and a tree is identified by its fruit. A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart, but an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. In other words, if we allow some stuff in, it will be reproduced in our lives in some other way. I know, uh, uh, apparently we only ever dream about things that we have either seen or experienced or in something heard about in our lives. Therefore, everything that we dream about is part of our life at some point. Some of you are now thinking about your dreams and thinking, where did that come from then? Because when I heard this, I thought that as well. I thought, where did that come from? I've got no idea. But, but we, we will have experienced or seen or, or done certain things in our lives. Therefore, that, there are certain things that will affect us if we allow them into our lives. So, doesn't that make it all the more important what we watch? I, I, I mean, I don't know about you, and you may think that I'm a bit fuddy-duddy, but... But I, I, these days, um, enjoy uh, films with a 12 or 12A category more than anything else. Because I think when you watch ones that are 15 or anything above that, it becomes highly dangerous. Because it feeds you with the wrong stuff. Now, you know, I like films where they shoot and kill and all that sort of stuff for fun well they don't do it for fun do they but the film's great for fun I realise that but stuff that isn't healthy stuff that isn't moral we don't want to see that we don't want to be part of it we don't actually need it in here and we don't need it coming through here and we don't want it coming through here what we want is healthy stuff that'll feed our soul in a healthy way so we need to watch. We need to watch what we eat. I want to plant a seed of an idea into your life as an idea of how to improve the health of your heart. For the past 2,000 years, 
many Christians have chosen to pursue God through a commitment of spiritual practices like silence and solitude and contemplating and fasting. They're the sorts of practices that often aren't part of the regular conversation of contemporary Christianity, but they are the things that feed our souls. They are the things that strengthen our hearts. If you've never gone through a period of fasting, why not think about it? Why not think about doing it even this week? Why not think, I'll take a day just to pursue my Heavenly Father. I'm, I can go to work. I can do the same things I normally do. I would just, you know, drink water and uh, 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 choose not to eat. Or you can fast from something else. You might fast from your mobile phone for half a day. That would be a challenge to some, wouldn't it? You, you, you might fast from the internet for a day. Obviously, if it involves your work, that would be more difficult. But you can fast from certain things. You can choose to fast. Why? That your focus might be on something else. Maybe you fast from television for a week. So when you come in in the evenings, on your first night in, you think, oh, I can't put the television on. What can I do now? And just maybe you'd pick up a book and read it. Just maybe you'd listen to some teaching and be encouraged. Just maybe you'd feed your soul with different things. And by the end of the week, you'd be a different person. It doesn't take much. Just a little bit of compost changes the soil. And as soon as you see the results of a little bit of compost in the soil, you want to put more on. Because you see the health of the plant that grows. And you'll feel it yourself Solitude is a great thing to do, just to be by yourself. It's not about earning God's favor. It's just about showing him how serious we are about our faith. And those practices that have been developed over the years have been developed by people who, when you read their stories, their biographies, you realize they're the heroes in Christian, the Christian life the ones who worked at creating healthy soil to create a healthy heart. So my question this evening is, how's your heart? What does your heart feel like? Do you have healthy thoughts? Do you have a healthy attitude? Do you have a healthy approach? Do you think well of others all the time? Are you positive in your outlook? If not, maybe there's stuff in there that shouldn't be there. And we need to dig a little bit more compost in. Quietness, fasting, prayer, reading the Bible, choosing to listen to worship, all of those things will make a difference in our lives. Let's stand together, shall we?